What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. Today is Monday, November 15th, 2021. Welcome to the First Minute, a podcast where I talk about marketplace trends, big sales, and everything going on in the world of NFTs, sometimes with a bit more of an NBA Top Shot focus, which is going to be the focus for today's episode. I'm going to talk about basically how to plan long-term for Top Shot, as in how I'm planning long-term for Top Shot, and how you can maybe alleviate a little bit of your day-to-day Top Shot stress with planning your own longer-term strategy. I'm going to talk about the evolving Dapper wallet ecosystem first, and then about my personal upcoming marketplace habits and buying habits and selling habits and all that stuff for Top Shot. On that note, I want to remind everybody here that nothing on the show constitutes trading advice in any way and that the show is not affiliated with NBA Top Shot, the NBA, or Dapper Labs. I'm just a guy at his house who likes basketball, who loves basketball, <laughs> likes basketball, who loves basketball and blockchain. This is the first mint. Buckle up, folks. I got a lot to say, and it's going to be very rant-like. So first off, we're going to talk about the Dapper wallet ecosystem, which honestly, that term sounds super freaking boring unless you're some kind of developer, but it is very important to the future of your NBA Top Shot collection, as well as your overall NFT collection, which for many of you may have grown in the last couple of weeks as you start to collect some flow projects, some baller projects, or maybe even just your first Ethereum project. Before I dive into it, I want to clarify a very important term that I know some people understand and some people still don't understand, and it is the term custodial and non-custodial, especially in Web3. This is very important. It's going to be a big part of your NFT collection journey going forward. So a custodial system is pretty much anything in NFTs or crypto where things are housed in a centralized platform. So something like if you have some Ethereum or some Bitcoin that you have bought in Coinbase, Coinbase itself is a custodial system. Same as Topshot, whereas Topshot, you buy and sell moments in one system where you can't really do anything outside of that. It's all centralized. Non-custodial means that you can take your assets, your crypto, your NFTs, whatever, put them on a little canoe and just you know paddle your way to other marketplaces, to other areas of Web3 and do stuff with those assets. So for example, a couple of weeks ago when Topshot revealed or unveiled or I guess enabled us to take our legendary moments from Topshot and put them into our Blockto wallet, outside of our Dapper wallet, into a Blockto wallet and sell them on other marketplaces such as now Rarible, uh, Blockto Bay. That essentially made Topshot, or at least those legendary moments, non-custodial. I hope that makes sense. It's something to kind of wrap your head around. If you've used anything like Uniswap to you know, uh, or MetaMask to trade tokens, trade NFTs, or um, OpenSea. Those are all non-custodial products as in, again, you can take assets from those, put them on there, sell them on there, trade them on there, but also take them elsewhere. So I just want to make sure that everybody here understands that because things are about to get very exciting if you have a dapper wallet. And I'm not saying that because we've been doing FlowFest and that's been a partnership with Flow or anything like that. I mean that as in I've seen a lot of people start to collect other projects on Flow and they have to understand, I think it's very important to understand that soon a lot of those will be hitting your dapper wallet. Last week, there was the Ballers drop. We covered it. We had two different spaces with the Ballers team. It was super fun, very hot on Twitter, Discord everywhere right now. And what's even more special about those is that they live in the Dapper 
Wallet. And that is the first of many projects coming to the Dapper Wallet. We've heard rumors that Record Shop is also coming to the Dapper Wallet. And of course, the NFL product, which we still don't have any new hints of, so hopefully we'll get something soon, is also going to be available in the Dapper Wallet. So that Dapper Wallet, if you have something like MetaMask, is gonna pretty much function the same way as in you can take NFTs in and out of there, you can send them to other places, and you can list them on marketplaces, same as you can right now if you use Blockto, which is the other Flow wallet. If you're part of FlowFest and you got some uh, Flow NFTs in your uh, in your Blockto wallet, then you probably already have a pretty good sense of that. Or if you bought, you know, got them on Starly, open them on Starly, they're in your wallet. So. What does that mean that more projects are coming to the Dapper wallet and that now Dapper is going to open up this non-custodial ecosystem? Well, it could have some short-term negative effects on Topshot, especially the marketplace, because it might actually vampire a lot of the liquidity out of Topshot, myself included. I'm a good example. Last week, you know, I had quite a bit of Dapper balance saved up for just for whatever I wanted to do to either withdraw or to maybe buy more Top Shot moments as they came out. However, Ballers came out and I immediately spent the remaining of that Dapper balance buying six different Ballers. And that's money I was I was planning to spend on Top Shot and I would be spending right now probably buying like a Delano Banton moment from the Raptors. His rookie moment is out as of last Friday, but I didn't because my balance is too low and I also don't want to load up more. So that is like an immediate short-term effect of being able to use our dapper balance finally for other stuff. But it also means that long-term, we might see a lot of liquidity from those projects come back into Top Shot. So for example, I'll, st I'll still use Ballers as an example, but keep in mind things like Record Shop, NFL, and who knows which other projects will also be integrating the same wallet. But let's say Ballers, whenever that um, marketplace goes live, which should be sometime in the next couple of weeks as per the Gaia team, the, the NFT Genius team, Let's say some people sell their really rare ballers for like 10,000 bucks, 20,000 bucks, 40,000 bucks. I know there's a lot of discords and groups already predicting that the floor for ballers is, ballers is going to be like a four or five X starting at like 800 or $1,000. So let's say there are some big sales in ballers. Let's say, you know, the average Joe collector got himself a couple ballers, has a top hundred rare ballers and sells it for like $30,000 on the Gaia marketplace, which would be amazing. I hope that happens for some people because that'd be super cool. Well, that same person who's been a Top Shot fan the whole time may hopefully choose to pocket a lot of those profits, but may also take a little portion of them and reinvest them into Top Shot, maybe go and snag you know, a nice Series 1 or Series 2, or maybe by that time, a nice Series 3 moment that they really want. Like, for example, if you've always wanted like a LeBron Hollow, well, you can get one from Series 2 for like, I don't know, probably 14K, 15K right now. And if you're making big gains from ballers, and again, this isn't everybody. It might just be a few people. I'm just giving an example of liquidity. But if you make some big gains from another NFT project that you're using your Dapper wallet for, you may reinvest it back into something you've always wanted in Top Shot. So short term might be kind of rough for Top Shot liquidity, but long term might be good for Top Shot liquidity, which leads me into the main focus of the episode, which is the current state of Top Shot and how to plan long term for it. And again, I cannot emphasize enough for everybody to zoom out. Before you do anything else, just zoom way out on everything that I just said. The Dapper wallet, which we have only ever used for a year now, we've only ever used to just withdraw and get top shot and whatever, is now going to be our gateway into so many other NFTs. And think about that. People use their MetaMask the same way. They use their MetaMask to sign in all these sites, mint new projects, buy and sell a bunch of stuff on OpenSea. 
our Dapper wallet, which is connected to our Topshot account, is now going to be able to do that, which is significant, quite tremendous for our habits. And that fact alone is what has started to make me think really long-term on Topshot. And I always think really long-term on Topshot, but this was a really good occasion to do it now that Series 3 has started and a lot of people seem kind of unhappy. And before we kick off actual long-term planning, I think it's really important to quickly recap how far we've come and what's happened. And, and a really good way to do that is to actually look at the history of this podcast because usually the emotions on this podcast, the tone of you know how we cover Top Shot actually hopefully reflects a lot how people feel about Top Shot. When we started way back in, you know, almost a year ago in January, Top Shot was big and growing and then it got massive it, to the point where literally last winter it felt like Top Shot was the biggest thing ever. And don't forget, that's just like eight or nine months ago. At the time, Top Shot hit 50 million sales, which was an NFT record for any project. It had shattered Dapper Labs' own previous record of 30 million in sales, total volume, all time, for CryptoKitties. That was a huge, huge moment. But now, despite so many people still holding Top Shot and so many people having started in Top Shot, Top Shot actually only ranks fourth all time in NFT volume behind Axie Infinity, CryptoPunks, ArtBlocks. And if you combine Bored Apes and Mutant Apes, Top Shot's actually fifth. And you might argue that those projects aren't ones putting out new supply all the time, but they actually do. Axie Infinity and ArtBlocks literally crank out supply, and the other two have had derivatives, and Apes has a token on the way. And despite all that, there are no other projects that are so heavily scrutinized under such a narrow and microscope as Top Shot. Maybe Axie, I'm not as much part of that community, but they grow and everybody seems relatively happy there. And I don't know if the team's moves or the, the product's moves are criticized as much. If you look back on the history of titles of our podcast, you'll see a roller coaster of emotions, literally in just how we write and how I portray the show. This is our 122nd episode. Thank you for listening if you are. A quick history of titles. On February 3rd, the marketplace dipped, the first one that many people had experienced where we had Andy, that's right, well-known Andy, who now runs Fractional on the show, our first ever guest. On April 5th, we had the Top Shot reboot at a time where the marketplace was hurting, or at least contextually hurting then, and we portrayed that, you know, or projected that Top Shot was kind of taking its time to reboot a lot of its functionalities, which it did. On April 16th, we had What's Next for NFTs with Jimmy, one of the biggest names in the NFT space. On May 10th, the end of profitable pack drops. On June 7th, the market bounced back. And on August 9th, the market returned. So many other titles in between, obviously, that tell a nice story. And since then, since August 9th, we've started talking about other NFTs. We did First Mint Fest. We've done Flow Fest. We've started paid work with Candy, Poap, and many more to come. We've been very happy to do those paid ones, by the way. I wouldn't chill you crap. <laughs> those are good ones. Anyways. Reflecting on how long we've come or how far we've come, now's a good time to think about how much further we're going to go in Top Shot. It's been a roller coaster and the roller coaster isn't about to stop. So it's important to regulate your own emotions because at the end of the day, this is collecting and it's also investing. First off, I think it's important to ignore the short-term complaints. They're always going to happen. I don't know if there's a way we're ever going to get out of complaining. I did an entire podcast episode last week about complaining. This past week, people moaning about it's not fair, people are going to get 10 packs and they changed it to five packs. Now people complaining that their moments aren't good, that people are selling moments for less than the cost of the pack, blah, blah, blah. Come on, guys. We're adults. Some people are just going to be those types of adults. 
I think to plan long-term, you have to ignore that. You have to ignore that noise, even if it's coming from you. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes from me. Despite everything that's happened, there's clearly a plan from the Top Shot team. And regardless of perceived fumbling of Series 2 supply or anything else like that, I think at this point, we need to step back and let Top Shot execute their plan. They clearly have a plan, or at least we hope so. Whenever a company, a product, or a group changes directions, it's never going to be the sexiest thing, and definitely not at first. Like, let's say it's going to take Top Shot, you know, 500 different steps to get to a new place where the marketplace is healthy and everybody's happy. Well, the first couple steps of that new direction are not going to feel good. That's change. It's important that we maybe step back and let them execute their plan, whether we like the plan, maybe we question the plan, or honestly, we have no clue what the plan is at all. Uh, is at all. We as collectors, we honestly can't feign ignorance anymore. We can't pretend that we don't know what Top Shot is or how the marketplace go, goes, and we can't pretend to ignore what, that we know what their goals are. We can only plan for how we're going to approach it long term. Let's start with what we know. We know that we're going to talk about what we know, what we don't know, and what we want. And then we'll get into my actual strategy. We know that Top Shot wants to make commons common. As in the moments that came out this past week, they're supposed to be peanuts. They're supposed to be nothing. Trade tickets are even less. We know that Top Shot is going to flood the marketplace with moments to create a super low floor and an even higher upper crust. There's going to be a lot of in-between, but there's clearly supposed to be a very low floor of moments on Top Shot. And that's probably because they want newcomers to shop like crazy. They want newcomers to buy a bunch of $1 moments. Absolutely. That's the best way to get addicted is to come in, spend 100 bucks, and get like 50 moments. It's a great way to collect if you are brand new to something like Top Shot. And even better, those newcomers can maybe get in on some sweet pack drops and turn some great profits even better. They want that. They want the newcomer experience to be good and fun. And they need to do that while weeding out bots, flippers, rent seekers, all that, and working towards the series of the future. We know that we have a roadmap for the sets this year. And as previously stated, we know that Flow and Dapper's ecosystem is opening up so that liquidity is going to waver. We know how the market behaves. We know that people sell for less than cost sometimes or often. We know that people sell rewards for way less than cost. We know people come out of the woodwork for big drops like legendaries and some nice rares. And we know that the market has peaks and valleys randomly or sometimes by design, who knows, but that it will have peaks and valleys. We know the market's going to go up and we know it's going to go down. That's a sure fact. And the last thing we know is that supply is coming. I already talked about the flood of moments, but 18 sets in nine months, people. 18 sets in nine months. That is the Series 3 roadmap. Let that sink in for a second. That's two new sets per month. You cannot pretend that you don't know this. You know it. It's been clear for a month. What we don't know, well, a few things. We don't know what the product roadmap is. We don't know if there is, in fact, a rake back. There's been, there's been talk lately about as to who actually started that term and where it came from. Some people say it's Girl Dad that started that, so not actually someone from Top Shot. We don't know what other products are coming. We don't know what other improvements in the marketplace. We know that, again, the non-custodial ecosystem is opening up, but we don't know what that means. We don't know what Top Shot's planning. And we don't know what the utility of those new products is going to look like, right? We don't know about hard quarter, if that's ever going to come or how many years away that is. We don't know how well the marketing's working. We've seen that there's new user accounts. That's good. But what are those people spending? And how much are they buying? 
And how much are they going to buy lifetime? What's people's reactions to Topshop? What are their emotions? What does the market research say? Do people like it? Do they want to buy other NFTs instead? What's the deal there? How much is Topshop part of the NFT marketing machine? And how many big buyers are there still yet to come into Topshop? What do we want? Well, for one, I want a stable and predictable market. I want to know that when I collect a set, that it's not going to fluctuate too much long term. I want to feel good collecting. I don't want prices to move that much. And when new moments come out, I want the market cap to go up. I want the new supply to be reflected in the size of the entire market. That's very important. Two, clear communications. I think we can all relate to that. No backtracking of things that have been said or set out. Clear timelines and directives. And honestly, a collector score system that isn't that hard to understand. And the current one really is. Three, we want rewards. We want to win the trip. We want some tickets. We want some hot dogs at games. We want a reason to hold sets we like and teams that we love and a reason that's more than just hopefully they're going to be part of some showcase challenge someday. We want utility. We want rewards. Honestly, we want just some fucking merchandise that's more than an NBA Top Shot This t-shirt. And last, profits. Let's be honest here. We're all DGENs. I love my collection. There's some stuff in there I never, ever want to sell, but there is absolutely some stuff in there that I would sell for the price of the lowest ask right now. Absolutely. The underlying value here is money. I've made some money. I've lost some value. We all have. It's not all about the profits, but it is about having fun, getting stuff you love, and making money too, or at least the potential to make some money. Let's be honest here, that is 100% why, not maybe not 100%, but that is a massive part about why we're here. And people that don't think that that's fair, well, gotta be honest with yourself. This is a market. It's priced in dollars. It's about profit. So how do you plan for all this? Well, it's a lot of personal reflection I've had to do, you know, and I went to the conference in New York, got to meet all these people from other projects and people from the Top Shot community. We talked a lot about Top Shot. I've done a lot of analysis, soul searching on what's the future of my own collection, relatively juicy collection, and also what's the future of the money that I have to spend on NFTs. It's quite simple, really. There's four factors. Pick what I love and how to collect it. Keep my collector score high. Manage my money and manage my patience. Those are the four things. I'm gonna go through each one. Pick what I love and how I plan to collect it. This is very important. We have a roadmap for sets, there's a lot. And we know that people love big shiny sets. So for me, I'm looking at series three and picking maybe one or two sets that I'm gonna target in the series. Obviously it's always gonna be very flexible. I don't know which players are gonna be in there, but I'm looking at it that way. And I'm also focusing on stuff that I need. So the Raptors, of course, is a set that I need. They're my team. You know, collect those no matter what. I need 4K rookies. Those are very important. It's going to be the first moment of some of these players. And if you're bullish long-term on Top Shot, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But totally, I am long-term bullish. I think that having some of those first moments in the first games of certain rookies is going to be incredible. It's going to be tremendous later on. I don't have all the Series 2 ones because some of them were caught up in some of those terrible bottlenecks. So I don't have all the Series 2 ones too badly. But I do have quite a few. I have the important ones. I have Lamelo. Edwards, Halliburton, I got them all. In terms of actual sets, I'm targeting Hustle and Show, number two. I have the first one from Series 2, and I'm planning to get the next one. Hopefully, I think it's a, it's a, it's a non-common common set, so that'll be nice. I'm also targeting 
some players. Like top five guys like KD, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, Luka. I love a rare or a legendary of theirs, but I love quite a few commons of each one. I like having commons of good players, multiple commons. I'm also top targeting the up-and-comers, guys like LaMelo Ball, John Morant, Zion. Love those players. They're hype players. They're always going to be popular on the marketplace. I'd also love, in Series 3, a legendary or two, and, and I don't know if I'm going to dish for them, but I hope I can get them in the drops. I really hope I can get a legendary drop. That'd be nice. So I'd love to have that in my collection. But there's a lesson here. As more supply comes out, it's going to push the prices down. Right now, Delano Banton, hot Raptors rookie that maybe many of you haven't heard of, he's going for 60 bucks on the marketplace, and he just came out on Friday. Half the supplies out. I don't know if that price is going to hold. He's great. Raptors are kind of surprisingly good to start the season. Maybe the price will go up, but I'm not ready to buy. I think it'll come down. And I'm also waiting for Scotty Barnes, but also going to be very patient with that before collecting his first moment. I'm seeing a lot of people in the marketplace buying the Lamelo Ball 9999 mint. There's a lot more Lamellos to come, and that's, that full supply isn't even out yet. That's a good example. I got stuff I want to collect, but I'm not jumping on it just yet. My next strategy is keeping my collector score high. Seems pretty obvious. It's easy for me. Again, sorry, I was an early adopter and, 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 and I have a decent collector score. But I also worked this offseason to bump that up significantly. I've read all the collector score blogs. I've finished some of my team sets, especially for Series 2 and a bit of Series 1. And as more supply comes out, I'm going to look for more easy sets to finish. I absolutely want that high collector score. Or even as maybe Series 2 takes a beating as new stuff comes out, I'm going to target other sets in Series 2 to keep cranking up my collector score. The Own the Moment tool is fantastic. It's not, not a plug. I just genuinely like it. If you want to look at which sets um, are most attainable for you, which, one are going to, which ones are going to cost you the least to complete, and what the collector score implications are for those. So, so I highly recommend that tool. And overall, Top Shot has signaled that collector score matters the most. So I'm going to comply. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what they say. And hopefully that'll mean that I get in on some big pack drops as well. That'll qualify for, for every queue. That'll be better for me. And maybe I'll get that Series 3 Legendary as part of a pack, like I said, that I want. Next strategy is managing my money and keeping a float around. This one's not very hard. Well, it can be hard. It's not very complicated, though. Any money that I don't want to spend on Top Shot that I had as dapper balance from profits, I've put away. I've taken it out. And it's very hard to do. But if you keep it in there, you're going to spend it. And we talked about, again, the non-custodial ecosystem. So be very careful with your dapper balance. because It can very easily get sucked into other stuff. That being said, it's nice to keep a little bit of a float around. Last night I bought a Gary Payton 2. His debut, 12 bucks. He's great, very exciting. It's a bit of a FOMO buy, but hey, that's nice. I had a little bit of float to buy that, and I think it's important to have that. You still want to grab a couple things to have fun. And of course, you want to float... Sometimes there's going to be some flip opportunities. Even now, who knows? Maybe there's some players that are out already that you might think have a lot of potential and they haven't reached it yet and, and they could become this year's, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. The last strategy is managing my patience. Not to overspend now. Not to get too angry with the way things are done. And to kind of take a step back. For me, Top Shot's moved from being a day-to-day -to, -day to a week-to-week -week or maybe even a month-to-month, -month, and that's okay. That's always what the future of Top Shot was going to be. It was going to be hard to be tuned in every single day, especially with so much other stuff going on, and as things change. Change is, change is hard, like I said. I know many are still long-term incredibly bullish on Top Shot, and I am as well. 
and I'm going to wait to take my shots. I'm going to wait to spend my balance. For most drops in Series 2, if you'd waited for some of the sexier moments or waited to collect some of those sets, you might actually would have found a time to buy them for way less than after they came out. So I'm going to let the big releases hit, and then I'm going to look at the landscape. I'm going to wait for those dips when sentiment is low. The best time to buy in NFTs. Then I'm going to snipe for pleasure, for profit, and for rewards. And otherwise, just going to enjoy the world of NFTs. Just going to enjoy being here. And I hope you can too. And that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you for listening. Would love to hear how you are planning your long-term strategy on Top Shots. Very important to think about right now as we enter a new era. So please feel free to DM us at the First Mint or myself at LGD Set. We want to hear from you. Otherwise, we will see you Wednesday on the First Mint.